Well, hello there, and thank you for tuning in to the Shameless Sex Podcast. I'm Amy, sex educator, somatic sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure product company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom, to pussy praising, to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and and enjoy enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. Hello, we're coming in hot from Salt Lake City. Land of the Mormons. And the Salt Lake. And you know, they love their sex toys in Salt Lake City. They totally do. It's one of our biggest markets um, for the last few years. They love those p- butt plugs, do very well here. But you can't buy wine at the liquor store on a Sunday. No, you cannot. And I always, I had this saying, it's kind of like a, an, an advert for Salt Lake City or all of Utah, which is like, anal. Keeping Mormons virgin since 1795. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? The hot octopus is a great Mormon toy. It is. Because it's like, it maybe you're using between two partners, the hot octopus duo. So it's a, um, there's a piece for a penis to be using. And then if we're on, on top of it, another body can be on top of it. Generally, a female body would could straddle it. And then they would get vibrations. So both people, both parties could be stimulated, but their bodies aren't actually Without touching. Without penetration. Oh so that God, could keep them. Brilliant. That is brilliant. We're just taking that to the next level. We should go pitch that. Let's moment. go tomorrow to the church. Let's see how they find that. Street. It's true. That's called the Pulse 3 Duo by Hot Octopus. Yes, www.hotoctopus.com. And that's Hot Octopus with two S's. So we're in Salt Lake City to train at retail stores because we do so many things in the sex industry. And one of them, we've talked to you in the past about the brands that we represent. Uh, but we go to retail stores and we train in those stores. We train their staff members so that they can better understand these products. So um, we are sales trainers, but we're also coming from an educational approach, which I love because half of these places we go, people have no idea about the edu- educational components. So, you know, it's more like, it's more, of, it's more about sales and numbers. Right. And we're in there and we're actually giving them information like about like health and wellness. Anatomy it's, and yeah, positivity, sex positivity, bringing, you know, um, non-gendered language to as much as we can. We, as much as we can. Sometimes yeah. it's difficult. I mean, I sell Toys designed for a penis. So, mm. also, I have some really awesome news. What happened? This is so exciting. Um, so, finally, Hot Octopus is launching their first vulva wand, as I've talked about. It's called the Queen Bee. And Cosmo just, it's June 2017 issue, just um, named Queen Bee Sex Toy of the Month. So, Woo! it's beautiful, it's gorgeous, and I could not be happier. So, um, I'm patting myself on the back just right now. That's and awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah, girl. It's going to be of the company. Yeah. Yeah, that, that toy is is quite awesome and innovative. So, yes. I'm excited for you. Thank you. And Adam. Shout out to Adam. Shout out to Adam. And I'm here representing the good old people of Uber Lube, their favorite silicone lube. He's like, Chi-Town, represent. Chi-Town. It's not from Germany, like some people think, because it's Uber. No. But just like, uh, it's... It's from Chicago, handmade Mm -hmm. by the locals. By the local people (laughs) of Chicago. So what are we here for today, my dearest? So today we're here for um, something that's very near and dear to my heart. And And mine too, actually. And that is pussy praising. Pussy praising and sexy talk. 
sexy talks. Yes. AKA some people call it dirty talk. Mm-hmm. We like to call it sexy talk yes. because there's nothing dirty about sexy talk. I mean, you can, you can, the dirty can be the taboo, but the dirty can be the hot, you know, you've been, you, you dirty little slut and that being really hot and arousing that, that kind of thing. But we're calling it sexy talk because we want to make it so that people understand that it's welcome and acceptable in the consensual environments. Uh, And it's not this dark, disgusting, dirty thing to be doing. Exactly. And just, um, an FYI for folks out there that, um, perhaps aren't comfortable with terms, um, four letter words that begin with F, which you hear us say often like fuck and slut and cock hunt. <laughs> Balls. Oh, uh, yeah. Five letters, five letters. Oh, yes. <laughs> so it's, this isn't a PG 13 situation. We have kind of a rated. This is triple X, yo. Uh, I mean, if, yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. If you, if I'd you, say double X. If you feel a little stab in the chest every time you hear the word fuck, or if you hear someone say, I want your cock in my dirty little pussy, then you probably might want to tune out in about five minutes because the next five minutes you'll be safe. Uh, <laughs> and then pretty soon it's going to get a little risque. So if you're in for the journey. And if my mom is listening, mom, why don't you go on to the next podcast or maybe this could be a really a breakthrough for the two of you. this is true this yeah. is true i have no shame and and if she i just know she's midwestern and so innocent when it comes to hearing what her daughter says in the but bedroom maybe she likes her dirty little pussy oh i hope so <laughs> i hope she's i want that so much for her <laughs> all right it's already getting a little so before we get into our topic that we clearly are really enthusiastic about uh we're going to do a sex life update Northeast, West, South. Amy, what is Northeast, West, South? An acronym for news. I just learned this. I just taught her from a previous experience. So you want to start? How's your? What's up with your sex life? What's going? What's the latest? You know, it's so let's let's. So it's been it's been a little while since we've sat down for this recording. So this is uh, so there's some things, some big things have happened on my end. I know, definitely. Why about you? No, yeah. Okay, I'll I'll start. Okay. You know, I'm gladly starting. Um, I still have tier one in full effect. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going very well. And tier one, what if someone's a new listener? This is like a two second, what does a tier one mean? Tier one is my revolving go to um, person. Got it. Awesome. And um, obviously, I'm and as a single person. I'm a single person. human okay, cool. and I am in non monogamous relationships slash loverships. Loverships. Because mm-hmm. I like to, they're, they're less serious than a, like a, you know, a committed relationship. So I'm doing non monogamy and my tier one is kind of my revolving door. I yes, um, yes, yes. go to him often. Uh-huh. And then I have tier two, which I think is moving into tier three that's after. That's a big, that yes. just recently happened. That shift, is, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. it's happening. And, and what's, what's the motivation behind that? Why, why is someone getting demoted? So, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just blame location. I have a lot of travel coming up, and mm-hmm. so does he. And, you know, I think it's just time for us to... Um, Part ways. Yeah, just, yeah. I think we'll be friends. I, and that's kind of the, the nature, I think, of the dating game is... Um, some, I mean, I know people that have done the friends with benefits thing for years, oh, and yeah. somehow it was successful. But quite often, it goes a couple ways. One... Um, people are just, they're dating and one or both people lose interest, just kind of fades out. The more we get to know each other, you know, date one and two, everything's all shiny and sparkly. Date three, you're like, oh, there's all those things that I didn't see at date one and two when you were all sparkly. And, um, yeah, that's, those aren't my things. So I'm going to, I'm going to go this way. Thanks. Well, I, although meaning this tier two is moving to tier three or tier 
blank. <laughs> but I have a new tier two possibility, um, which I'm really excited about. We'll see how it goes. We had one little date night and he's a young, he's a, he's a YD, young Diaka. YD. Um, 26 years of age, mm. but um, his potential, we'll see. I'll keep you all posted. Also, I don't know. There was this, I had this like massive love affair. I don't want to say love affair. That's like heavy. It was like a, it was, I'll call it a holiday romance. Let's call it a holiday romance when I was in Thailand last year Mm -hmm. with this Scottish guy. I talked about it on the, um, sex with Emily podcast that we did in January this year, 2017. Um, Scotland freedom. freedom. He hit me up after ghosting me for the last few months. I mean, he did apologize, um, in December, but he hit me up on Instagram asking me when I'm coming to Edinburgh and you know, Initially, I wanted to write him back and be like, oh my God, I'm going to be in London. Like it's a 45 minute flight from Edinburgh. But part of me, I think I want to do it when it's good for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that him reaching out, we, we had a really nice time together and it is almost habitual for me to just go straight in with the, like the bounce back and response. Um, but I'm, I'm hesitant, um, because he did kind of burn me a little bit. And I, yeah. I don't, I want him to not learn a lesson or anything, but I don't want to put myself, I want to make sure that I'm not going to hurt my, you're you know, doing my it heart. for you. Yes. Yeah. So there's the distinction there is that you're, uh, so there, here's that like vulnerability piece, you know, there's some wounding in there. And so you have a little bit of wall there. It was, it was a, a little bit of, bit of a wall. I, I was rejected a bit yeah, by him. You were rejected. He said he was going to come spend time with you, and then he just disappeared. Right. And so there's a little bit of a wall, and you're keeping that wall up because um, you've been hurt in the past, and he's all the way in Scotland, so it doesn't really necessarily make sense to let the wall down for someone that you don't have easy access to anyways right now. Right, mm-hmm. right. Well, and also, it, I always had this vision because my, my company, Hot Octopus, is based in London, um, and the... UK hookup idea to me was such an awesome concept. It's a fantasy. So I just wanted, I thought it was like so ideal when I met this guy in Thailand, you know, on Kopi P in my bungalow next to me. And I felt like it was in a Game of Thrones episode. I was like, who, what, where are you guys from? Like, there was like five Scottish guys just being like, Scotland, Scotland, I would have <laughs> killed tonight. I don't know. I can, I'm, I'm actually, I can do it. Like, I can do a decent That's Scottish, a Scottish accent. accent. Yeah. And sometimes when he was dirty talking to me, I was like, I don't know what you're saying, but like, I like it all. Like, <laughs> keep it going. And he had a Prince Albert piercing. Mm, how did so that feel? It was really cool, but the condom broke. Because of the piercing. Because of the piercing. So I made Does him take it out. Does that happen to him often? Does he say like, he oh didn't, yeah, normal no, day? He didn't. He was in a monogamous relationship. Oh, for so like, he wasn't using condoms. He was never using condoms. So it was new for both of us because I too, since I was in a monogamous relationship, Back to back for 13 years, as if you've listened to any of the other podcasts you've known. Mm-hmm. But um, I not I wasn't used to using condoms, so for me, I had no idea it would affect that way. But it did break. So so what? Oh, oh uh, well, okay. <clears throat> the Prince Albert. When it's this is graphic and not safe for work, everyone. When it's going in and out of you, what is the piercing doing on your body? Where is it hitting, and how is it different from just having penetrative sex without a piercing? So what it felt like. So it kind of it glides against your um, vaginal wall as it's as they're inserting, Mm. and then depending on how you're shaped internally, my my I feel like my cervix obviously it drops different times when you're like going to get your period or hormones or whatever. But that particular time, I actually. 
had my period, hence, remember? Oh, yeah, the Red, Red Wings. Wings. He's a Red Wings guy. Yeah, so he likes to go down on you It would hit my cervix, but not in a for bad him. way. Yes, yeah, no, yes. I, I love it. Here's, yeah, let's praise that man. Let's praise. Praise, and mm-hmm. he praised that pussy. He knows how to praise a pussy. Praise my pussy. No wonder you wanted to spend more time with him. I know. I was like, this is pretty incredible. Anyway, that's fairly... Uh, in a nutshell, what's happening with me, basically. In the latest. The latest and greatest. So, tier one, in effect, tier two, move to tier three. Perhaps a new, fresh tier two is moving in. Who has potential to move into tier one? Then Scotland shows up. <laughs> he's, he's in, in tier Scotland. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have tiers that he didn't show up when he showed up. If he would have known how to do it right, he would have kept it on lockdown. Like the Australian Italian. Now that guy knows how to do it right. Uh, he just checks in with me. He's like, when you come into Oz? And I'm like, you know what? When I do go there, you will be the first to know. Girls got hoes in different area codes. Oh, and I yeah. say hoes with love, just pure love. Oh yeah, no, just because it rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> I say the same thing. And then I'm like, you can't hustle a hustler. <laughs> so what, Amy, enough about my oh yeah bits and bats. What's going on with you? Lots of developments. Lots since of developments. Our last yeah, podcast. My life has taken some twists, uh, in my opinion, for the... Better is not even a good word for it. The monogamy. Uh, the monogamous. Oh, yeah. oh, where do I start? All right, well... So I was a single person, but before I was a single person, I was in a relationship for three years, as you know, and April, you know this whole story, but I'm going to retell as if you've never heard the story. Please. So I was in a relationship for over three years and, um, it was a really beautiful relationship, really, really deep. Like that connection to me almost felt like cosmic, like beyond this earth. Um, and I think in our three years of relationship, we had watched like seven movies because we mostly just have deep conversations. We were like, oh yeah, well maybe we'll watch a movie tonight. And so we just lock in and go deep. And he's, um, he's brilliant and he's beautiful and he's my greatest teacher. He's absolutely incredible being. And, um, we split up. Oh God. We went through a lot. We have been through some roller coasters. Let me tell you some rocky roads, rocky roads. And, um, and of course into some beautiful, beautiful places through making it through those places. And this is actually side note. Um, I've been working with a lot of couples lately in my sex coaching practice and, um, couples that are having some really hard times. And I noticed this with couples, you know, when you're in that hard moment, it literally feels like you're climbing a fucking mountain. You're like, we're working, we're climbing this mountain. Things are so hard. We're not connected. We're arguing. Everything we talk about feels heavy. We're processing all the time. Ugh, are we ever going to get through this? And uh, what I'm seeing, what I'm always telling them, what I've experienced myself, you know, you get through those heavy parts. You climb that mountain and sometimes you don't make it over the top. That does happen. People break up. Uh, but if you make it over that mountain and you make it through those hard times, quite often you come into a deeper place of connection. Like it's like infinite, the infinite possibilities for the levels of depth that you can go. And this partnership that I have been in off and on for three plus years, we have climbed some big old mountains and come into some, once we've gone over the top, the most deeply connected places. And, um, our last mountain, we actually did split up. We split up and, um, I was living the single life and long story short, my, um, partner who, uh, I hadn't really been connected with for a number of months, um, or the, when we were connected, it was very 
kind of distant, um, came to me and promote, pro, pro, propose life commitment or life partnership, not like marriage, you know, marriage. here's a ring engagement because I, uh, for myself, I think, you know, different strokes of different folks. We all get to make our own rules. I am not a traditional marriage license on paper, go to the government and sign my life away. And you're going through divorce, right? So, oh, yeah. 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 And oh, you weren't, yeah. you weren't on board for that either. Oh, before no. That. Yeah. I, I, was married um, because of well, I of course had deep you, you, and undying love yeah. for him. Yeah. Um, at you know for those years, but um, we had a geographical challenge, meaning he was going to get deported in ninety days if we didn't get married. So I was like, of mm-hmm. course I'll marry you. I want to be with you. So yes, I on a side note from what you said about your couples therapy and people that are struggling, one book that I really loved that helped so much with communication when you're having those up word battles, um, especially in relationships, but even if, if like with work situations, um, and also just everyday communication with folks that you see on the street or, you know, maybe your mechanic, whatever this is called taking the war out of our words. Mm. It is so incredibly helpful. Like nonviolent communication. It's not, it's the art of nonviolent, yeah. non-defensive, sorry, non-defensive yeah. communication. It's mm-hmm. the art of learning how to, um, because we are born we're we are literally born to survive. Like it's ingrained in our DNA because, you know, we were Neanderthals and then we evolved into this like conscious being. Some of us, hopefully we're all, it's always a work in progress. I mean, all life forms are designed to survive in their DNA. They're just like, how do I live? We are born to, to basically communicate defensively. Mm -hmm. So it's actually an art form. It's, it's a learned thing. It's a, we're, we're naturally going to um, a lot of times, especially if you're, un- you're usually unaware of it, you're naturally going to defensively communicate. Um, and so that book is so helpful. And uh, I just it just came to me when you're talking about your... To learn skills to speak with nonviolence. Yes. Mm, and you yeah. and your partner now, your partner, um, we, uh, we've, life We've been partner. practicing that skill for a long right. time. Yeah, yeah. The um, Yeah, so it's, it's been interesting, you know, going from being in a single space to having um, what you know, what I've always wanted with this person proposed to me. And again, you know, it, it's the equivalent of kind of like an engagement, but it is life partnership. And in, in let me just add it in the last couple of podcasts, I haven't really talked much about that relationship uh, because we weren't spending time together or really communicating. Um, and primarily because it was really painful. It was really hard for me because I still love that person so much. There's just so much work there that needed to be done separately that made it so that we couldn't be together. And, um, and when we were doing that work separately in the last couple of podcasts, I didn't necessarily expect this. I didn't really necessarily expect that we would be together because I wanted her to be single with me. I was yeah, like, I'll do more experiments, yeah. but I was, I'm totally, she's on board. Happy. Absolutely. hundred percent. And you know, as I have a really splendid therapist because every sex coach has a therapist and every therapist has a therapist. Um, and what she's helped me to remember, you know, a lot of times we get really hopeful, right? Like when we're, we're dating, we're in a relationship and someone's not showing You're up picking out us. your wedding dress. Yeah. But they're, um, yeah, they're not <laughs> showing up the way we want to, right? They're like blue jeans. Well, well, I'll give you an example of um, someone I know who's dating someone and they're, um, someone that they are dating really wants to be in a relationship with them. And they are not ready for a relationship. Are you talking about me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here you that go. was interesting. Yeah. I was like, hey, who is that? <laughs> this and is true. In, and just to be clear, 
I'm not ready for a relationship. Yes, yet. you're not ready for a relationship, and um, you're dating, you're dating someone who's really desires a relationship, and that's beautiful. That's totally beautiful. That's that's wonderful. Um, and the the thing to be careful with there for the, you know in that case, not for you, but for anyone in that that case, right? Like quite often we're in a place where we have a desire. And the person that we're dating or we're in a relationship with, they're not on the same page with the desire. But we have hope. We're like, hmm, maybe they'll change their mind. Totally. And, and we get caught up in that. And the hope is beautiful because it's coming out of a place of love and maybe a little bit of neediness and a little bit of issues with, like, worthiness. But that's where the clarity comes in. We've talked about it before. Well, there's, and there's the work, right? Yeah. Right. Exactly. And Being clear. Um, what, what I've heard from some wonderful therapists is all we can really – all we all we have is what's most present, and so for in my case with my um, ex partner Curtin, who is now my partner again, um, all I could work with was the fact that we had a lot of work to do and we couldn't be together. And so to be hopeful of yeah we're gonna yeah we'll be back together someday. While in the back of my mind, sure, like that sounds really nice and like that is is what I ultimately want. I still have to live my life for me. Right. right. So I, because you can't bank, you can't put all of your eggs in that basket and make choices or I don't want to speak. You can't, I can't, for me, this is what I believe for myself that I can't put all my eggs in one basket to bank on something that I don't know if it's going to happen yet. There's the power of manifestation, right? Like mm-hmm. not putting out there what we don't want and really, um, calling in what we do want. And I always was very clear that I loved that person. And, um, so long story short, um, Kind of, it feels like kind of all my dreams are coming I'm true. I'm super happy for you. Yeah, and thank I, you. I think that getting clear about what you want, we've talked about it so many times, but I just did this practice the other day um, because the power of manifestation and, and calling in what you want. So I, I wrote down um, in a book um, what exactly I'm looking for in my next partner, mm. what I need. And Want, um, desire. What I need, want, desire. So I said, these are my necessities, but not like requirements, like checking off like a, you know, a box of, of this. But, um, I just, I think it's important for folks, no matter where you're at in your relationship, or if you're not in a relationship or if you're dating or if you're single or if you're, um, you know, just in general, write down the things that you want and read them on a daily basis and write them in a way of, remember, not what you don't want. I don't want this person. Write down exactly what you I want. I don't want a douchebag. I want someone with a great sense of humor. I want someone that is a foodie. I want someone that, or I, I value someone with the same interests as me. And I think that, well, that I'm, I'm, can I just interrupt? Of in? course. I think the more clear you can be, the better. So, like, I value someone that's the same interest in me. What are those interests? Like, get really clear on what those are and, like, where you want to be met. Because I think right. the more clear we are, um, the more likely we are to be able to, to gravitate towards it and for it to gravitate towards us. And your list could be really general at first, then you could get more specific. So, right now, I feel like that initial list that I made um, was general, but uh, it's getting more specific. One thing I love to do with those lists, I do this with, for my, I've done this burn for them. myself. Yeah, burn them, burn, burn them, them. fire, fuck that motherfucker. Our, the, the burning ritual. Yeah, I love to do a burning ritual <laughs> to go tell it to go fuck itself. I'm just kidding. Um, I, I, so I do this with clients sometimes too, is when they're, when they're like, I date the wrong people. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just, I kind of know what I want, but I keep picking, choosing the wrong men or women or partners. Um, I have them make a list like what you're doing. Okay. And then I have them go back and decide, okay, now imagine that you've been with that person for five years. What are some deal breakers? Like if they didn't have this quality five years later that like, I mean, you need this quality five years later. Is five years the, the number that you give, 
um, all, like just imagine like on a whole sense, or do, is it sometimes three? Is it sometimes ten? Oh, you can do whatever you want. Okay. I just use five years as like imagine you've been with the same person for five years, and you, now you have this whole list of all the things that you wanted in the beginning, and then five years later, you know, if they didn't have certain things, what are the things that they have to have? So say on there you have, um, I want someone that loves dancing, and I want someone that loves wine and traveling to fancy places like Italy and Tuscany and all that, and you know things like that, and then. It, you look at your list five years later and you're like, hmm, if I was still with them and they weren't that into the wine in Italy and Tuscany, would that be a deal breaker? Would I like not be able to be with them at that point? Then check, check that off because that's not really your highest priority. But the right. thing that is the highest priority, they're like, no, that has to be there now and five years later. Mine is like funny. Like they have to be funny. Oh yeah. That's my number one. Like I don't care if like you are a billionaire, mm. if you're not funny and you're like hanging out with a box of rocks, I'm going to be like, bye. Like, like playful. Playful's like Beyonce so says, wonderful. tell them boy, bye. <laughs> Plug out to Beyonce. <laughs> Queen B. Yeah. Oh, oh. Perfect. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I really love playful. I play yes. really nice. I love playful. I love brilliance, and I love um, brains. I love being taught. Like I, and I love teaching too. I obviously I'm teaching all the time, but I love in that's my, your in numero my, uno. My numero uno. I love in my partnership, and not like them being take always taking the teacher role. But I want to be pushed. I want to be. Ex, you know, I want to continue to expand, and I want to share that with my partner. Right. My, for me, I also I need someone that is going to. Grow, grow and with want you. success yeah. as well. Yeah. And success, is not, I'm not talking about a three-piece business suit, but that has drive. Yeah. Drive is huge. And, of course, intellectual. So, yeah. well, now you know about Amy and I's yeah, uh, that's what needs we're into. and wants. Yeah, yeah that's, that's just a small piece of just it. Just a small you know. piece of the pack. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm off the market, and I'm fucking stoked about it. Not to be off the market, because it was fun on the market, but um, this person, my partner, I, um, I really love with all my heart. It's beautiful. Mm, thank you. Okay. But, but still, still the sex life updates will oh, still yeah. be oh, on yeah. weekly. Well, because we have fucking hot sex. Yeah, exactly. And it's always evolving. It's not going to be a dry spell. Like that was what, it's one of the beautiful things about our relationship is, um, is that our, our sex is so connected and, and you know, I've, I've talked about core erotic theme on this podcast before. If you didn't, if you haven't heard some of our past podcasts, I would go back to it because there's some really, really great tips on how to figure out the more important questions of what it is that we want. It's, it's not what we want. It's how we want to feel. And he makes me feel how I want to feel every He's time. Solving all the daddy issues. All my daddy issues. And the issues. childhood wounding. And, you know, I actually, surprisingly for what I do, I don't walk around this planet super horny. I'm not walking around like, Ooh, like randomly Unlike your, in the middle um, of the day. Friend over yeah, here. this girl, she gets horny all the time. But I don't get this spontaneous sex drive. And even in a new relationship, I don't. It's just not. I don't know. Maybe I'm jaded from all the sex toys and things. I don't know. But I've, I don't. I haven't done that for a while, and or felt that spontaneous sex drive for a while. And it, I'll have my little moments here. But it's an active sex drive that I create. You know, it's like a fire that I'm constantly stoking, and that uh, if I have a partner, they're stoking with me. So. Um, I still have, you know, if I'm with my partner, we pretty much have sex almost every day and I desire it because we stoke each other's fire in such a way that it makes me feel exactly how I want to feel. And therefore I get really turned on very easily. Is that because there's some pussy praising happening? So much pussy praising. Pussy praising. And yeah, saying all the right things and meow. all the right touch. Ooh. Brrr, meow. Uh, but can I, is that, I don't know. Have we talked about that on any of these podcads? Spontaneous sex drive versus... I don't think we have. We have not. That's a really important point. I'm going to do that, but can I talk about that? Of course. Real quick moment. Please. So 
sex educator moment here, and this is really, really important. In the beginning of relationships, we're in it, we're like, okay, we're going to be in a relationship now and start dating, whether it's monogamy or non-monogamy, but you're going to be with that one person or maybe maybe multiple people, but you're going to be with that person for a while. Um, in the beginning, that lust phase is always kind of new and sparkly and exciting, and that's how we are. You know, you're banging it's, it out in the bathroom woo, at the bar. You're like I just have to have you. I don't and know who's done that before? And uh, just not that girl <laughs> next to me. Then you know, why? Lisa wasn't a porta potty. What do you want? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that's been done. Burning Man, Burning Man. Oh snap! <laughs> um, so, anyways, in the beginning, there's that lust phase, and both parties are usually feeling those those lusty hormones, regardless of sex or gender, they're feeling those lusty hormones. Um, and then what usually happens over time, usually like six months to a year, depending on how often you're seeing each other, um, you kind of start to habituate, right? Like you get kind of used to the person in a beautiful way um, and not always beautiful, but maybe it's because you're, there's deeper connection, uh, more safety, more security. And with all of those things, quite often uh, the desire shifts because things aren't as new and shiny and exciting anymore. Right. Completely normal people. But what happens quite often is people start to shame themselves. They're like, there's something wrong with me. I love my partner. I'm so attracted to them. We've been together for three years and I'm just like, I don't want to have sex with them all the time. I don't know what's wrong with me. Like I, I must be, it must be my birth control. Um, it must be whatever, you know, the stress in my life, you know, or they have children or, yeah, and they're exhausted. Which it could still be those things. Right. And what, what happens is things just shift and especially for estrogen driven individuals. So, uh, primarily female bodied individuals who have more estrogen, that spontaneous sex drive happens a lot in the lusty phase, but then when the lusty phase is over, the spontaneous sex drive fades because they don't have a whole bunch of testosterone shooting through their body, giving them regular, I'm horny, I'm ready to go, like regular sex drive. They could power pose that increases well, testosterone you can cr- and decreases cortisol, but... Ah, okay, well, there you power go. Power posing for two minutes will just help with your well, testosterone Well, and that brings levels. me to my point okay. is that what they what they can do then is they become more, instead of having this spontaneous sex where we're just waiting for it to happen naturally and to feel that turn on, now they're active players. We call it like a responsive sex drive. So now... Instead of waiting for my turn on, which isn't happening because the lust phase is over and I don't have a whole bunch of testosterone flowing through my body to get me turned on all of the time, now I'm an active player in turning on. That's, you know, you're talking about power posing, um, breath work, breath work you know, erotica, reading erotica, watching pornography, uh, fantasies, role Using playing. Using a vibrator for a little while. So dirty talk, dirty sexy talk, talk, which we're getting into Praise right that here. pussy. Be like, mm-hmm. this pussy is amazing. So, or that penis or the yeah. genitals that you own. And so this, and this isn't just female-bodied individuals. I know plenty of testosterone-driven individuals, so male-bodied individuals that are um, also not feeling a lot of spontaneous sex drive in relationship, or even if they're not in relationship. So it I happens have a very all kinds close of friend that's having um, some um, technical difficulties in mm-hmm. her marriage because of uh, a male-bodied partner yeah. not being in that space, um, and they're working through it, but it is really challenging. Yeah. Um, so, so you just become an active player. You have to become an active player. Yeah. It's just, great and, it's, and it's something that I, a lot of times people think of it as work. You know, I don't want my relationship to be work, but what happens over time when things aren't all new and shiny is 
we do, if we really want to continue that passion and that deep connection, we really do have to put a lot more energy into keeping the spark of life. Like alive. take the TV out of your bedroom. Yeah, that's, no TV's that's the bedroom. first way to kill the sex the drive. The sex people. drive. If you're watching TV at night. Or you're wearing like, I'm sorry, this is my opinion. Your frumpy sweatpants. Your frumpy sweatpants every (laughs) night and like bundled up in a sweat sweatshirt and like your socks and all that. Although keeping your socks on actually can, can help. um, Ooh, like really tall, knee high schoolgirls. There you go. That's, that's dirty little schoolgirl. Uh, but you know, you have to do makes the little changes sometimes that can be impactful in big ways. Yeah. So yeah. So stoking your own fire. That's my little tangent, um, which still to a certain degree ties into pussy crazy and sexy talk because those are ways to stoke the fire. Absolutely. So let's stoke. Thank that you for sharing fire. that. That was fun. Thank you, Chip. Um, I love you, Chip. I love you. Mm, oh, you're my girl. That's nice. So here so we are, pussy crazy. And then we we all we warned you all. We warned you all that this is going to get this is going to get even more explicit. So. Um, if you haven't left already, we're going to do five seconds to exit earmuffs, out the expert. Earmuffs. Five, four, four three, two, two one. one. Shower. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's <was> good. <laughs> that's a <clears throat> funny joke. Um, All right. <clears throat> anyways, pussy raising. So, um, I would like to comment on. Um, so I teach sex ed classes. I teach uh, female sexual pleasure one on one classes, so like how to please a female bodied individual. I teach private classes too, like I'll do, teach private blowjob classes to bachelorette parties or birthday parties, and I love it because they always turn into it's like we love we want to learn about blowjobs, but we want to learn about our bodies too. And I'm like fuck yeah, empowerment piece. I love that. Nice. And what and so to everyone in all those workshops, I'm always talking about pussy praising. Now when I say pussy praising. This doesn't just apply to pussies, right? Penises love being praised too. All bits, all the bits, whatever, whatever your bits identify with, they want to be praised because there's a lot of shame out there uh, in regards to what our bits uh, smell like, look like, taste like, um, you know, the size, how long they take to get hard, how well, people, long they take to come and have right. orgasm. And there's so much pornography out there. People think that their genitals need to kind of resemble these porn stars. Perfect, symmetrical, right. light pink, I don't like the everything. word perfect ever no. about anything. I'll tell you a quick story. Yes. So when I was 17 years old, I was dating this guy. And, um, this was my first boyfriend. I lost my V card to him. Right. And we're camping in the mountains in Pennsylvania. And we had this grab bag of free condoms from, um, Planned Parenthood. This is back like before I was on birth control. Cause I think I was 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So we, it was dark out. He put on a condom. It was an unlubricated condom. And he just went straight for it. Like we were, we had been drinking probably a lot of Carlo Rossi or some really okay. bad wine. <laughs> I was 17 and Midwest. my labia, my left labia was ripped in half and I had to be rushed to the because emergency room. Because there wasn't enough lubrication? Yeah. And he just was forceful. Oh, so my entire That's labia not what pussy's like, people. ripped oh, in God. half. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I had to be rushed to the emergency room at three in the morning in Pennsylvania, um, camping and stitched up on my labia. And then my vagina, my vulva, excuse me, swelled up to the size of like, um, I want to say like a baseball mm-hmm. and I had to walk with a cane and everyone's like, what happened to you? I'm like, I fell on a stick. I fell on a real, my boyfriend's stick. Yeah. <laughs> so, Aww. um, that being said, I had a ton of shame in the way my pussy looked for a long time it's scarred. because it's scarred. Uh, and so for me, I was always holding this like, Oh my God, like it looks so different. I lost a bit of nerve. I had a bit of nerve damage, but now you know, years later, um, in my previous marriage, I had so much praise given back to me about my pussy. And, um, I don't know, it's totally made me kind of 
different and I love the way it looks. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I have a special, beautiful fucking pussy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Good. my dad yeah, thinks that I, I literally fell on a stick because it was on his insurance. He's like, why did you have to be rushed to the hospital in the Poconos? Like, I fell on a stick. I fell on a stick. <laughs> it was a dick. Stick. <laughs> so that's a little bit of a story about the shame. Me, so the shame. how did you learn to actually love it? Like what helped you to... Um, get over the fact, like, you know, when you watch porn and you see all these symmetrical, pink, whatever, no scars, and then you were shaming yourself or feeling a lot of shame, um, what helped you to realize that your pussy was beautiful? It took some time. And, of course, I mean, that age, you're so – well, not everyone. I was so um, – I was very shy. I was very conservative too. I mean, in a lot of ways, I was like never talked about sex, you know, um, from Wisconsin. Like it's like very conservative. So it took me, um, through college and then, um, kind of, you know, I dated this girl for a while in college as well. And she really actually, she was super feminist and she was the first one to really praise my pussy. And I thank her actually. Awesome. And, um, shout out to, we won't say her name, shout out to that girl. Shout out to that girl. You're awesome. We love you. Big ups, big rocks to you girl. Yeah. (laughs) This bump. Um, so she was, I think got me sort of out of it. She was just like, you're beautiful, April. You look amazing. Your pussy. She's talking about the pussy. It's beautiful. And kind of give me the praise. I was like, really? You don't think it's that? You know, it took me a little while. I was, I was, I had shame around it, but then it just, it was better and better. And now I like take a mirror. I check it out. I do a little bit of like, yeah, look at yeah, that, that pussy be noise. <laughs> noise. <laughs> Sorry, so, little frat boy moment. <laughs> so I think that it just came down to me just, um, like anything, like any scar, it's a story and it shaped who I am mm, and it I shaped love scars. me too. And I, I think they're beautiful and, mm-hmm. and different to me. I always had this saying since I've been a kid, like I may be a little bit different, but at least I'm not the same. Ah, yeah. I think like, um, having whatever, just being different, it ma- looks different. It, it makes, it shapes you and there's a good story behind it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, now I'm proud to talk about my, my labia scar. I'm like, yeah, what? You want to hear it? You want to see it? Fucking war wound. <laughs> what? I'm you want to see ass. it? I'll show you right yeah. now. <laughs> Whip it out. <laughs> um, so, okay. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for outing your, your pussy story. You're welcome. Um, I don't think I have ever had shame around the way my pussy looked. I think I've had insecurity around, uh, I guess like, like pubic hair a little bit. Cause we live in this, like this, mm-hmm. everyone should be bald, like a little baby culture. And, um, but you know what I, I did. And then I didn't. And I just kind of like stepped into a so place. You are you full bush? I am a well trimmed, like really, really, really landing strip. No, I'm more than that. Bacon I have strip. What do you call it? It's like a little um, triangle. Triangle. It's not a little triangle. Like if it's all my whole pubic mound has pubic hair, but it's really short and trimmed. Oh, so you just you want keep me to show it. you right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really well trimmed. Like if I was wearing a really skimpy bathing suit, you still couldn't see it. It's okay. not long, and like it's so really, you really, really, you really, go really with the natural flow like of the hair growth. I like having just a little hair because it makes me feel like a woman. You know, I am a woman. I am curvy. I have. I have beautiful breasts and I have hips and I have some pubic hair. And every time I've tried to get rid of it, I've always felt like something is missing in my body. And I actually feel less comfortable being naked when I don't have pubic hair. I'm totally the same. Not shaming people who don't want to have pubic hair. um, But so I guess maybe I did have a little insecurity or shame because I wanted to be like, like everyone else, you know, I'm so different. And then I was like, no, 
I'm fucking awesome. I'm a woman. Like I am a woman and this is my woman's body and this is part of my woman's body. And, um, I love it. I have, like I'll, I'll run down the street naked and rock this bush. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I keep it trimmed and yeah. Nice well, yeah. I, I like it with a Lanny strip. Lanny I don't, strip reminds me of a mustache on a pussy. It's like a little, uh, like uh, a uh, perpendicular mustache going the wrong perpendicular direction. Perpendicular <laughs> mustache. Not shaving Lanny strips, just not for me. I like landing strips. Here, little, here like, comes the airplane. Yeah, like I'm like, you want to ride on this? Why don't you just do an arrow? <sighs> or like a microphone? Is this thing on? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Uh, One other thing I want to talk about with pussy shaming before we start to tell you all of our delicious ways that you can't... Pussy shame. Not pussy shame. Praise. Pussy praising um, is... So there's... there's The pressure is a huge thing. When it comes to pressure in sex... We, like, orgasm is not good friends with pressure and sex. It's just not. It's really hard to orgasm when you have a lot of pressure. And a lot of people feel pressure to perform, whether it's um, to have an orgasm, to last a long time. You know, I don't I don't want to come. I want to keep going. Or I don't know if I'm going to come. Oh, I never come. I'm not going to come. Oh, I'm in a failure. And when you get in that mentality, it's that psych out. Um, it produces a whole bunch of cortisol because we get stressed out. Mm-hmm. We get all in our heads. We're not in our bodies. And then it's really hard to actually have an orgasm or to last longer, whatever it is that you're trying to obtain. So one of my favorite pussy praising lines, and this works for Cox too, this isn't just a pussy praise, is I could do this all day. So someone's going mm-hmm. down in your pussy and they just lift up from your pussy. Like they have your juices all over their face. They look you in the eyes and they're like, your pussy it tastes so good. I could do this all day. Mm-hmm. Now, I hope they don't hold you to this, honestly. Like, I mean, if you do this, say this line to someone, I hope they're not like, oh, cool. Now they're going to go down on me all day. I'm just going to hang here and take a nap while they go down on my box. But what I'm going to take a nap. What I think it does, and this works for penises too, you know, someone's going down on someone with a cock, you know, any, anyone's going down on someone with a cock, and they say, I love the taste of your cock. I could do this all day. Or maybe not all day, but I just... Like I, I could do this all morning. I don't know. Like it basically, I could do this for a long time. That just doesn't sound as good. Okay, and I'm. I mean, I. It's a fantasy, right? So we're still trying to be authentic when we're doing our pussy praising and our sexy talk. But you're basically saying like, your bits are so delicious. I'm enjoying this so much that I'm so present. I don't want to be anywhere else. And you're saying that in a way to like convey that, and you really want to feel it too. You're not like I'm gonna bullshit them. Like, oh yeah, I love your dick. I'm gonna do this all day, huh? You really want to feel it, okay? But what it does for the receiver is it helps to get them out of their head. All of that performance anxiety, all of that, I'm taking too long, I'm taking too much space, I'm not going to come, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, they're able to just be like, oh, oh, I can just relax and receive. Right. And then they feel more pleasure. And then their body releases and relaxes. And maybe they have more orgasms. Sometimes or taking orgasm. a break is is when you've been going for a while. Mm-hmm. And this, at least for me, sometimes if I take a break between... Um, you know, cause a lot of times I bust out my toy. If I didn't have an orgasm from penetration, I'll bust out the toy. And, um, you know, sometimes I just need to step away from the, from the toy for a minute, give my body a, a moment to relax. And then the moment I turn that toy back on and use it again, I'll have an orgasm. Mm, yeah. So that does help. And of course, I mean, I'll, t- I'll be totally honest. It's, I've really with, um, cunnilingus, it's rare that I will come from just someone going down on me mm. personally. So for me, I do need some level of, I like to start with that and sometimes end with that, but like there's, I need penetration. So, mm. um, but I'm aware of that. And I usually communicate with my partners, like 
sometimes it feels like I could get there, but it's never really happened for me. I think one or two times, two times. Yeah. But that's really rare for me as well. Um, in fact, I don't, I haven't really had any orgasms from someone going down on me because, and this is my theory, um, my first couple sexual partners when I was, uh, you know, 16, 17, probably, yeah, 16, 17, um, they never went down on me. So we would actually have penetrative sex or they put their hands on my genitals, but they would actually never go down on me. And so it created this idea that um, I wasn't worthy of that, that that was gross, that that's not what my partners wanted to do. You know, and these are the stories that I created, of course, so I'm not going to just like to make take the victim role in it. But that's kind of what happened. And then when I finally, when I was 18 and had, you know, a, a loving partner that wanted to go down in me, then it was really hard for me to relax and receive because I was all in my head of like, I need to do, I'm a doer. Right. You know, how long is this? How, when should I start to ask and, and like, for penetration? Is un- yeah. Or, this is unusual and this right. is going to take too long and I'm not going to come from this. And since then, I've spent a lot of time getting back into my body and out of my head and it's been a journey and um, it's, it's, it's still challenging. It still comes up. It does. And I think, but that's with anything you, you, you get in different head spaces a lot of times. I always try to just switch it off. And I think about like the dirtiest, like the, my, my dirty spank banks things in my head. I just close my eyes and it's get into it. And I start like just doing all the, like the things that I think are nasty and la- like in a good way. Nasty. Yeah, good nasty. Good nasty. Mm. So, and that has been helping me a lot because I used to get in my head as well where I'm like, Oh, I wonder if I showered today. No. Yeah. What do I smell what like? Do I what do smell I taste like? like? Right. And, and I, yeah, I might, yeah. And, and what does my O face look like? The other, the like, other day I was in a little, um, you know, experience encounter with my tier one mm. and you know, there was some drinks and things. And so, um, we were in an oral situation for quite some time and his cock got hard and then it got soft and then it wouldn't get hard again. But, and then he was feeling bad. He's like, Oh my God. I was like, Hey, Hey, it's all good. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go straight in for that ass, for that <laughs> perineum. I'm going to suck on these balls. And you know what? It turned out. Okay. All of a sudden it's, and well, cause then you also didn't shame him. You were like, but I want your hard cock. No, I, you, you and I was like, do this. it's all good. I was like, this is per- this is perfect. And yeah. and there's a totally lot of things you can do with a soft cock. Oh, totally. And I I don't mind. I'm like, this is it's all part of the experience. And I'm having a beautiful exchange with you. Why am I going to shame you? Because the cock is in this specific space. Um, I think that every experience is its own is its own purpose. And and I learn from the experience. I think that he was really pleased with not being shamed because I think it's probably I'd imagine not being a penis owner, um, that sometimes owning one is difficult because you can see when it's excited and when it's not. Yeah. And also when it's hard, it doesn't always mean arousal. Right. Right. Like good help. There's erections happen or happening all the time. It's necessarily like, Ooh, I want to. And you know, if folks do have, if you ever heard of ED or erectile dysfunction, there are like hot octopus. I'm not trying to plug this right now. This is literally what it was designed for though, to help folks with erectile dysfunction achieve, um, to help them achieve an erection because it has this like technology. So there are tools out there to use. If you perhaps are in a partnership with somebody that does have, you know, um, this medical, um, you know, um, diagnosis from a doctor, they, there are options that you can try. So that being said though, sometimes just a lot of drinks Mm. or just like a headspace means that your, um, cock isn't necessarily in 
the same space that your head's in. No well, pun intended. Uh, 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 <laughs> one thing I want to comment real quick uh, before we start saying some sexy things that we like to hear and say um, on erectile dysfunction. Erectile dysfunction, just fun fact, everyone, who, especially if you're someone who has been shamed for erectile dysfunction or you are shaming someone else and you get frustrated when someone else has erectile stuff coming up, um, quite often it's there because it's not an actual body function that's just happening on its own. It's related to a deeper issue of um, someone feeling disconnected, shamed, stressed, hurt, coming from like a deeper place of wounding quite often. So um, I, a lot of times it isn't just a physiological thing. So just, just to keep in mind as you decide to shame someone and you decide that it means that their body is failing or it must be that they don't want to fuck you, um, quite often there's a deeper something. Try in to empower them yeah, instead. Help them. Love help them. Love. Send out Support love. Them. Say you're beautiful the way you are and... I you could still you say, I, love, I love your cock, whether it's hard or soft. I love your cock. Yeah. Like, I still want to play with your cock. Your cock is still, I still want to suck your cock. I can still do this all day. Yes. And they'll be like, oh. And then all of a sudden, it might get hard. The pressure Voila. is released. Feel so, good. So, so April. Yes. <clears throat> Tell me how you're about your little sexy talk thing over there. Like, what, how do you like to talk? And be so, I, oh my gosh. So, okay. One of my favorite things to do, and I'll tell you. Uh, a little bit about, a little story about a, a person named Abril. 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 Um, I was never a dirty talker, but my ex-husband introduced me to this. Oh, and yes. I always thought it was hot. Like, I remember watching porn and always loving, like, when they were like, I'm going to come. Or just, like, being, like, really vocal about what they were experiencing. But I never did it. It was just, like, heavy panting, heavy, uh, uh, like that kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. But... My ex-husband taught me how to dirty talk, and I still was shy, and I wasn't good, and I wouldn't really practice, but towards the end of our relationship, I just started getting into it. Anyway, it has opened my life, this dirty talk, sexy talk, mm. lovely talk, and I have been uh, experimenting and getting like better and better at it, so I would like to share with you folks some of the things, a little, a little open door, an open window into the bedroom of me. <laughs> This is both from what I like to hear and what I like to say, okay? Mm. And remember, this is a judgment-free zone. I get dirty sometimes, get down and dirty, mm-hmm. but I'm here to, you know, just offer these up if, you, if you're into you it. In case you want to you know, take them into your own erotic lens. Yes. So, sometimes I like to start off with a fantasy. Usually my fantasies entail, like, I'm like, there's, there's two girls coming and one of them's licking your asshole. I'm sucking your cock. And the other one's on your balls. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, then usually it takes whatever turn. Okay, so this is a fantasy thing that starts with. So that's 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 cool. I like fantasy. Sometimes I throw in a, a gangbang. A little gangbang here and there. A little gangbang here and there. I've never heard thing. of I'm here what for the gangbang. I, I love fill this pussy up with so much cum. Oh, so much cum? So much cum. Oh. And then I like to see, I like to say, I want it dripping all over me. Ooh. And then I say, getting hot in this room. Ooh, I know it is hotel actually. Room in Salt Lake City. I said something the other day that I thought was really genius. I love strip clubs. Like I love the strip clubs. Amy and I just went to one in San Francisco. Full nude. My first full nude. Yeah. It was, it was a good time. So I told this guy, um, that I was like, I'm going to line five strippers up and I want you sticking your cock, dipping your cock in each and every one and I'll suck it off afterward. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's good. <laughs> now let's, well, just a quick comment as you do this. Um, 
let's talk about just real quick the distinction between fantasy and what we actually want to happen. Because fantasy, I think there's a lot of shame in fantasy, and a lot of times people think that because we fantasize about something, it means that we have to want it to happen. Um, and maybe you do want those things to happen. I would no, imagine no, you don't right want to actually Maybe go, later. Maybe on Wednesday. I would imagine <laughs> if your tier one went and stuck his cock in five strippers, you would not want to actually do that. Anymore. I actually would not. But no. in the I'm moment, a germaphobe. Yes, he's a germaphobe. But fantasy is a separate thing from what we want to happen. Sometimes we want our fantasies to happen, but it is completely... Uh, wonderful to have fantasies and it's completely okay if they aren't things that you actually want to happen um, and it's great to use them as your as your dirty talk your sexy talk or your spank bank material right 100 yeah. percent. and most of the time i mean i'd say 95 percent of the fantasy situations that i put out are complete fantasies and they're for fun and they're mm. for getting turned on so it's, it's a great way to spice up relationships it's totally fun and as long as you you have you can have a conversation about it before and be like hey just before you're in the bedroom space like maybe the day before or the the morning the morning before or whenever you're in like kind of a neutral zone say i'm you know I'm, i want to share my fantasy talk with you and are you open to, are you open to it so and, and it's like all bets are off you know i'm gonna say everything i want to say are you good with that it's good to Ask communicate yeah yeah do you want a few more yeah give me some more okay i want to ride that big dick <laughs> fuck me harder or pound that pussy mm. fuck that naughty pussy that's like one of my go-tos fuck, like, the naughty pussy. fuck that naughty pussy i like to talk about how naughty and dirty my pussy is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i want to ride or i want to suck that beautiful cock mm-hmm. praising that cock mm-hmm. oh Fuck this little asshole. Mm. But then do you actually do it? No, usually not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's like, just stick a finger in there for yeah. now. Um, this is the dirtiest little pussy ever, and it needs to be punished. Whoa! That's a good one. That, see, that, I like that one. That works for me. I like the punishment. I think okay. I already said this one, but let me just say it again. You have to pound that pussy harder. Oh. I, I don't know why I like it hard, maybe. You make my pussy so wet, or sometimes I throw in juicy, depending. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Get that magic little pussy. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say, like, your magic stick. I was about <laughs> no. to be like, come on. No. And then, um, yeah, baby, fuck that pussy. So I like to throw in baby and more and than you really like the word, names. And you like the word pussy a lot. And I like the word pussy. I mean, I love the word pussy. Um, but I like the word baby because, just a side note, I don't like using names because what if you forget, <laughs> you forget or you don't you call say it tier one, tier two, or tier three? Yeah, that oh, would God. be a problemo. So <clears throat> I have a lot more, but I think for now, um, you know, that'll be helpful, right? Yes. Well, then, yeah, this is good. This, and we're saying this not because we want to brag about the things we say, because I know so many people that sexy talk is really hard for them, and they're like, I don't even know where to start. Right. I don't even know what to say. Like, they, and they sit down. Uh, uh, uh. Just go for it. Just come up with a couple of quintessential things. Well, yeah, you could choose from like April's list. Choose choose three that really worked for you. We and can post these on our on our um, oh, website. That's if, I mean, or, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. or maybe we'll just you know, I, I, like if you want to write in and request them, yeah. we can send you a link to them. Yeah. Well. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Like, and then it's like essentially you're writing. Yeah. You're having like a. a, a it's like cyber sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, I mean, it wouldn't so be email. April at April dot and she will respond to you and tell you to suck her dirty slutty pussy. 
Uh, all your fantasies will come all true. All your fantasies. Okay, you want to hear some of mine? I would love to. Okay. So, I'm actually not that great at sexy talk because I'm a submissive. Like, I am someone that, I'm really into the daddy little girl dynamic or the dominant submissive dynamic. I love that. And I also am into, like, a very um, connected tantric dynamic. But what really gets me going when it comes to sexy talk is um, having my dominant partner talking to me in a way that in a lot of that like daddy little girl dynamic when I say daddy little girl I'm not talking about like he's my father this is like a power play thing so he is a strong masculine figure and I'm like the bad little girl who needs to be punished, punished. Uh-huh. yeah I like so it. um I really like things like are you this is things that he's saying so um are you going to come for daddy uh, and, you know, one of my favorite things that, that happened actually when we did break up, not the recent breakup, but some other breakup, you know, a couple of them, or maybe it was a break, we did something where we slept with other people um, and knew that we slept with other people and came back together. Um, and so he was talking about how I've been a bad little girl, haven't you? Because you've shared that pussy with other men and this is Ooh, my pussy yeah. now, like that whole thing. And Oh, the my pussy now my thing. Pussy. I'm going to own that pussy. pussy. Oh, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. I love that one. Love it. Da- or even better, this is daddy's pussy. Ooh, mm. That is, I, I actually, that's been, that's been in the repertoire lately, and that's been really turning me on. I don't yeah. know how I forgot about that. It's like this interesting, um, like con- ownership, consensual ownership. Right. And again, you know, we've talked about core erotic theme on here. It's, sol- it's solving literal daddy issues for me of right. my, like, I'm being taken care of by this person. They actually care about me energetically enough that they're, um, they're holding that space for me. So there's that. I also love some anal threat. Ooh. And so, um, like, Sounds there's like a new porn that's coming out. Anal threat, threat six, yeah, or maybe twenty. Sixty-five. <laughs> Um, yeah, that I, that's like my spank make material. If I'm actually uh, if I'm actually masturbating or self pleasuring, the the peak of the imagery that I use in my head usually has to do with like some sort of anal threat. But I like um, having my partner even just like whispering that in my ear. In fact, very interesting. Before my partner and I got back together, um, and we weren't having sex yet as part of our new um, relationship of getting back together, he whispered in my ear for about 15 minutes all the things that he wanted to do to me, and I orgasmed from that, just hearing That's that. Hot. That's was like so hot. And you know when I right. orgasm was the anal threat part. Like that part. Like the rest of you know, all the rest Can of Can you give us an example of an anal um, threat, please? An anal threat would be um, I'm going to bend you over and I'm going to – like stick my cock in your ass or like whatever it is where I'm going to like spread your, spread I, your yes, cheeks. That's how I like the, I like fill that asshole up with cum. See, I don't want cum in my asshole. So that wouldn't Why do not? for me. I don't know. It just doesn't do things. It isn't the, the cum. If you say anything about what you're going to do with the cum, it's probably not going to get my motor going, but oh. I'm glad that it works for your motor. Well, okay. I was yeah. just, I'm sorry to take, I yeah. didn't mean to take it that one. I also really liked something that a, a friend of mine said when her partner left uh, town for a while and he came back and then one of the first things she said, she was wearing like a little schoolgirl outfit or something and she spread her legs and said, did you miss my pussy? Mm. Mm. I like that. Yeah. I just, I like the word pussy too. I'm a big pussy and cock person. I, I was, love that. I think that those are awesome. What? So that's kind of, you know, I mean, some of the, one of the, I guess these are some things that really get my motor going, but I think in, tar- in terms of the pussy and cock praising to really let the person know um, that their bits are beautiful, right? That they taste good, that they smell good, uh, and that you could that there's no pressure for them to hurry the fuck up. Those things go so far. So right. even if you're not into these, I don't know, these aren't extreme, but into our like very uh, X-rated, sexy things that we like to say. These other things. I love the taste of your cock. I love the taste of your pussy. Your pussy is so beautiful. Your cock is so perfect. I could right. do this all day. Those things 
they go so far and they're pretty easy to And you to can say. use them on a regular. And with some of the ones of My Dirty Talk, you can change any of those yeah. for... Cock pussy bits. Yes. You can, and, and also, you know, as if you're, if you're a male-bodied uh, or you're owning a cock and you want to say, I want you to ride that big dick, you mm-hmm. can say that. So you can change any of these. It works for everything. Yes. And all, all, all bits and all bodies, um, everyone's carrying some shame. And... It's everyone desires to be praised. Like, I don't think praise is, I don't think it's going to hurt. I think it's going to only do wonderful things. So the more that we can praise another person when they're in their most vulnerable space of being naked, um, the more we can help to get rid of some of that shame that others have given them. Absolutely. And I think that really just coming from that shameless space is always where your, your head should be. Not should be. That's where you no want shoulds. it to be. We, we no should. Don't should me. I just shoulded you. No should yourself. Should. Should you. Um, you know, I think that just, we, we want to just preach the shameless words mm. and what? praise that pussy. Praise the motherfucking pussy. Praise the genitals. Praise the bits. Praise the cock. Praise the people. Praise the people. Power to the people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's the end of our show today. So make sure you check out our shamelesssex.com website for all the goods, uh, links to books. Yeah, more information. Oh, and if you're interested in uh, any of the lovely products that we promote, you can go to purepleasureshop.com, which is the store that I own with my mom. Yep, we are mother-daughter dildo shop. You can find Hot Octopus there, Uber Lube, and some of the other things that we always are praising. And we will tell everyone in Salt Lake City how much you love us. Yeah, yeah. So thanks, everybody. Ciao for now. Like what you hear? Well, then head on over to shamelesssex.com for more podcasts and information on our latest happenings.